Good evening, citizens, and welcome to the Shattersong LARP Diaries. I'm your host, Chris, and unfortunately today I am not joined by my erstwhile friends, Matty and Sol, uh, because they, they have a life. Uh, they're doing other stuff, it's very important, and instead you're stuck with me. So, to fill the void of, of course, Matty and Sol being away, but also the void of episodes that I've been releasing. I've been digging in the dark depths of the Shatsong archives, and I've got a little treat for you. It is not, I'm afraid, the E4 analysis that I know some of you are gagging for. Um, it is, in fact, the E3 analysis from 2018. So, yeah, we're going to go five years back, um, I looked at the episode history on this podcast, and the earliest ones I've got are of Ban, hence the original name, the Ban Shattersong Diaries, but uh, there's a character prior to Ban called Pieface. He only survived one event, very much a one-shot wonder, but he had a fantastic impact. And I've actually found the Hots and Knots document I wrote up on the way home. So I thought I'd um, share that with you, share a few stories about Pieface. We've alluded to him a uh, a couple of times, but I thought we might as well get the lowdown on the Pie Face LARP Diaries. So here we go, half a decade in the history of Chris's characters. So uh, I guess to, to set the scene, um, my, my first ever character was called Darren. Uh, he was just a, a generic fighter in Navarre, had a long sword and some medium armour had a drink of his mates and went out on skirmishes and fights and didn't really do anything in Anvil. Um, he, he got killed. <laughs> he actually got killed the only time he did anything of note, which was uh, getting the Barbagorakt as part of the, the Vate Hunt. He then proceeded to die, I think, like 12 hours later. Something really embarrassing like that. It was It was not good. And anyway, Darren's dead, and I'm like, right, I need a need a new character uh, for for E3. So along comes Pieface. Pieface was again uh, second second ever LARP character. Didn't really have a purpose apart from let's get involved in some more stuff. And boy, oh boy, did that happen. So let's let's start with the um. I was going to start the knots because they're on the document, but actually, I don't want to. Let, let's tell the positive story first before picking it apart, because it's also got some spoilers in there as well. And let's jump straight in with Friday. So, the, the cool part of having a new character is that you get to reintroduce yourself to your friends, and if you're you know, if you're playing someone different, you get to you know prod the prod the bear, so to speak, and see if there's a, you know stuff about them, but your character doesn't. So you get to rediscover things, or see if they even want to show up to you. Um, and yeah, it was just really cool to have a cool and fresh start with uh, Black Scar at this point. I, I'm still playing with them; they were my first ever, and continue to be my main group. And um, yeah, it just felt really cool just to come in with like a fresh start and a fresh face and maybe, just maybe, actually matter this time. And boy, did uh, did Pieface do that? So uh, the first thing uh, at most 
so just post time in and post standing, um, is Thorns Council in Navarre. We elect our generals for the for the coming summit and well the coming year really. And when asked if anyone wanted to stand, I felt my legs uh, tense and power me up toward the sky. And all of a sudden, I'm stood in front of maybe sixty people. You got to remember, back uh, pre-COVID, Empire is a lot smaller as a as a LARP. It's still massive. Don't don't get me wrong, but you know we're sort of we're struggling to hit the two K point of players. But I think you know it's all twenty twenty four. I think three K should be easy. But uh, regardless, lots of people. Uh, I I have no idea what I want to do. I have no idea what to say. I've at this point I've only read a few things on the wiki, but I've I've fought in enough battles to turn an inspiring word, let's say, or, you know, speak passionately about the VAR, its military aims, and um, becoming a general. So, I've written in block caps the mighty speech, and that, apparently, I absolutely smashed it. Um, unfortunately, that is not true, because Pyface was not made general. That went to Lou Taru, uh, my friend Chris Melvin, uh, as... This was for General of the Blackthorns, and I believe this is the first time he got it. And then he got a second season next time round as well, I think. But either way, um, didn't get Blackthorns, but the the thrill of it, of standing up in front of people, winging it, and just not fucking it up, absolutely fantastic. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, <laughs> it's one of my favourite quotes to drop on people is that of the top five things that humans fear, death is at number two, <clears throat> and public speaking is at number one. So it's really scary, but actually once you're up there and you're, and you're role-playing, you just get into it and you can go for a bit of a firebrand kind of speech, or you can talk about exterminating the lawn, or about wanting to keep people alive. Just go with what comes to mind and totally wing it. And it will be so much better than uh, you think it is. You're probably a lot more skilled than you imagine. Chris's positivity tip for the day. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, at the end, people came up and said, well spoken. Uh, got my hand shaken, apparently. Uh, it, was, it was bloody brilliant. Um, I, still, I still remember the, the feeling of it, but not what I said. Um, and, and I absolutely loved it. It really got me addicted to doing some more public-facing stuff um, at LARP. It um it also felt really good to stir things up because I, I showed up and I think I got nine votes. I went out of sixty people. That's not bad. I, I really don't think that's bad. Um I, my brain is telling me that I came second. I don't think that's true. But you know, I was I was a serious contender. I wasn't sat there with just one vote. Um that did happen later on when I stood for Senator uh for me. Senator for Thurunin, I think, um, and I got zero votes. That that was great. That was um, Travid will appreciate that. That was much more recent, but um, yeah, the uh, general's election was a lot of fun. And this is only you know a couple hours since time in. So what's going to happen next? Uh, next up, we have the the scouts. Uh, the scouts have been around the Navarre for a long time, and they have changed dramatically in the last couple of years um, 
the the previous previous scouts i think you know to be fair to them they're relatively new as a as an organization or the leadership had changed again and in fact that's what we were doing in this instance uh, we were voting for a new scout leader and apparently i let my meaner side out and it felt great to be an arse um sorry to whoever was standing then but i think uh I was leaning into being a bit more of a, a dastardly character. Yeah, we all know where that went uh, with the next couple. But um, just dropping some difficult questions on the scout leader. And it wasn't like, hi, I've heard your shit. Please defend yourself. It was more a case of, oh, I've, I've heard your casualty rates are very high. How do you intend to address that? Or, um, you know, the Imperial Marshals and the Generals don't have a seat for you at the Military Council. How are you actually going to matter to the higher echelons of Imperial Command? For, for example, things that everyone would hate to be asked when they're standing up and doing some public speaking, eh? Um, I think <laughs> one line was, the only thing worse than the Imperial budget is the casualty rate for Navari scouts. Because it really was, it was, it was diabolical at this point in, in 2018. It was, you know, 70-80% per event, because it was a group of maybe 10 to 15 people, but most of them would die across the event. Their, their recruitment drives were very effective for getting new players in, and it was an awesome bit of RP, and, and it still is nowadays, um, with the added bonus of nowadays you can survive your first event. But back then it was, oh, it was, ju it was just a meat grinder. So yeah, um, I think it was actually a, um, we've got a friend called Tiki and Blackscar and his older brother, uh, who doesn't play anymore, was actually going for the election and I think he won. So he got to have an event or two before um, he actually went off and had a baby. Congratulations. And um, got to lead the scouts, but the casualty rate did not get better. We, we just got fucking killed every single time we deployed. Great fun though. Great fun. Final point on the Friday is that um, as part of being a new, new character and actually trying Empire, because I strongly stand by Empire being one of the better systems out there, if you're willing to put something in. Plot will never come to you, activities will never ever really come to you, um, but if you go and poke stuff, it is incredible how easy it is to get involved in stuff. And anyway, I did this with selling. So um, I had, I can't even remember what resource, I just went out and did some trading. And it was a lot of fun. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, um, you know, selling and being in sales is my day job and it has been for quite a while. So, you know, this was, I, I was originally opposed to it because I didn't want to do my day job at my holiday time. But actually, the, you know, the transferable skills, to use that buzzword, um, were very much applicable here. And I ended up having enough beer money to enjoy myself without begging or borrowing from people or having to do stupid shit or having to, um, you know, <laughs> I, I say this with a, with a tinge of shame, but I shouldn't because it totally works, is uh, the morning after, like you know, Saturday morning and Sunday morning, go around where the pubs are and all the bars, yet the odds of finding crown and five ring coins in the grass are like 95% plus. Um, you know, you'll scrape together a crown or two, maybe, but it it only takes <laughs> five ten minutes, and uh, boom, you've got yourself beer money for the, the rest of the evening. So yeah, did that. 
originally, but didn't need to do it this time because of trading. Very fun. And then um, did the usual thing, went back to Black Scar and had some drinks with everybody and just got excited about the battle in the morning. So, that brings us to Saturday. Uh, first line here, Monstering was wicked. We mashed up some Wintermark in the forest after getting our asses handed to us on the field. I have no idea what territory we were in. Uh, I think we were playing as Jotun. I, I, I would imagine. Um, this is... This is sort of the beginning of the we're always fighting Jotun phase of the Empire. It was just the beginning of the Imperial War with them that kicked off in like 380, 381, whenever it was. And uh, back then it was lovely and fresh. So playing sort of like elite, proud, noble, honourable orcs in a big stonky line fight and battering the crap out of each other. That was really fun. That was new and exciting back then. Maybe less so now. But uh, at this point, I had a uh, my first ever LARP weapon I bought was a was a longsword. Um, I, I I do a bit of Hema. Oh, I did a bit of Hema back at uni. It's been <laughs> that's been a long time. And uh, just using that at LARP was a lot of fun. And uh, doing the whole lanch neck sort of um you know hander thing of keeping a few people at bay in a choke hold. Sorry, in a in a choke point in the forest. Really fun. Apparently felt satisfying. And from these notes, it looks like I went toe-to-toe with Iron Tide Lock uh, back then and didn't die. So that is glowing praise for Iron Tide Lock's player, is that half a decade ago you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so, good battle. Um, it, it was one of those... I, I only vaguely remember it, but it's one of those battles where it had distinct parts to it. It wasn't just a grind, 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 it's over. It was very much a case of that the field was... Because there's less players at this point as well. Fighting on the main field, there isn't just two walls hitting each other. There's actually a lot of dynamic movement and flanking. There's you know, still big units of 30 to 40 people, but there's only four or five of them on each side. So maneuvering really matters. And then once we got into the woods, uh, there the Imperial Cohesion broke apart. And then we started to um, rip and tear, so to speak. So yeah, good battle. Got off that. And I walked straight into the Marches Fair. So at this point, I'd um, been LARPing for about two years. And like, like I said at the start, I hadn't really done too much. The um, you know Navarre, the Navarre Forest, I hadn't really ventured out of. I didn't really know people other than the university and local friends uh, that, I, that I brought with me. And I had the reason to go to Varushka, Marches, Dawn, X, Y, or Z, right? However, this is the first time I came across the Marches proper, and they were having their fair. Uh, so this, what an introduction to, to the Marches themselves. And I, apparently, again, I absolutely loved, absolutely loved it. It was a gem of Empire culture, and there was apple bobbing, sponge throwing, and cake eating. Uh, and that kept me busy all afternoon. I distinctly remember that there was a competition of hitting a a nail into a piece of wood. And you had to do it in one strike. So you had to aim very carefully, but hit it hard enough to uh, to go in. And that was that was a very cool, very, very, very cool game of skill. Um, was not very good at it, 
but that had a lot of us go. It was just one ring a go, one ring a go, and yeah, <laughs> surprising amount of fun. Um, I don't remember. I think the cake eating was an individual activity. I don't remember a cake eating competition. Although marchers, if you are listening, I'm just saying, cake cake eating competition would be banging. Apple bobbing and sponge throwing. Oh, that was it. It was actually quite hot as well. Uh, this was E3, so this is July. Yeah, this is July. So apple bobbing. Oh my god. Wonderful. You know, dunking, like the water was crisp and cold. And you obviously got to keep the apple as well. So yeah, um, I've got a smile on my face. Really, really, really enjoyed that. Next up, uh, we get to go on the first skirmish as pie faced and this is uh sorry pie face and this is this is awesome because we're going straight into the atherton which is like the big deal for black scar at this point especially with clay having uh sorry lou taru uh having just been elected general uh this that that was his shtick and it always has been up until recently in 2023 and uh this was like oh here we go here's our big plot fight. We're ready for it. We um, also uh, get to go on as a full group, because back then, sort of skirmishes were sort of around about 70 people, usually. Some, sometimes they were only 40. Um, no, sorry, they weren't 70, they were more like 40. But again, because there were fewer players, there were loads more skirmishes, and loads more spaces as well to go on them. The... Um, this was also the first time I got to use a ranged weapon because I picked up a crossbow from a lovely guy who now plays. Uh, so unfortunately, um, a guy called Warbeast in our in our crew. He's now moved on to the uh, Imperial Orcs, but he was getting rid of his crossbow, and it was one of those spur of the moment things of, "Hey, that's a gun. Let's <laughs> let's grab it, shall we?" So I've got two exactly two bolts to go with it as well. That's all I could actually find from the traders because crossbow bolts weren't that popular at this point. And yeah, uh, we we effectively went in as a as a as a battle line and sort of did our sort of shock unit tactics and pushed pushed them back. There was a mix of orcs and of Valorn, but it was mainly Valorn. Uh, in fact, actually, I'm I'm reading this now. Realistically, they were probably just orcs that had been possessed by the Valon. So, they are, uh, you know, the usual slaughter of um, <laughs> of plant life in the um, in the forest until a disgusting, dirty pack of etacaps show up. Now, these were. Monsters back in the, I say back in the day, I feel old saying that. Um, so back five years ago, um, monster suits like drakes, etacaps, minotaurs, um, colossi and stuff like that, they were really quite common. Um, and they really mattered. I, I think they, they stopped them over COVID because hot sweaty suit is a, is a hotbed for infection. Uh, but also as battles got bigger, they usually would just get swamped and panel beaten and they didn't have as much of an effect. Um, I, that's my just my personal opinion. I don't actually know the reason. And in in good good local and modern news, they are bringing back monster suits for some of the battles. Like we did have a minotaur 
at the end of um, 2023. But we'll cover that in another episode, shall we? <laughs> but anyway, my point being, a whole pack of etiquettes show up, which are these uh, sort of be- you know, humanoid beetles. But they're not stupid like for Lawnmower, they'll just walk and hit you and go nom nom nom. Uh, they have human intelligence, so they'll flank and they'll click and they'll like do terror attacks. They'll they'll bait, they'll drag injured, and obviously not literally dragging, but you know they'll pull injured Imperials away and then start snipping them in the woodlands. So we literally had people getting full on like predator grabbed in the jungle and being dragged off into the bracken by these giant fucking beetles. And they were really tough as well. It's basically full suit of heavy armor, immune to impales and stuff like that. And yeah, they were really scary and they were quick. So at one point when um, I'd fired my two bolts, round four to get them from you know the forlorn torso that they're embedded in. I remember uh, Tadpole yelling, pie face look out. I looked to my right and scream as this fast moving purple blur comes for me at Mach 6. Uh, absolutely clattering me to the floor and ripping me apart, and it's just uh, cleave, 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 cleave from the uh, from the from the monster crew, and I'm like, I'm not even wearing armor because I'm using a bow, well, a crossbow, and uh, yeah, I, I just drop down, and it's a spicy couple of minutes, very very close couple of minutes until um, they actually come and come and get me. I think I was literally about ten seconds off my bleed count. When um, you know when they when they finally got to me, but yeah, Etacaps really scary, but shooting the lawn lots of fun. Uh, we, we came out apparently to chest bumps and cheering, and the atmosphere couldn't have been better. I think it was a, a crushing victory for the Imperials, if if you can think of it like that with the lawn. We achieved our objective, cast a spell, blah blah blah, whatever it was. I don't remember. All that matters is. There were some really cool deaths of people getting dragged off, but also getting some cool kills and some really good teamwork from Black Scar. However, um, post skirmish, there was some angst, uh, and look who it is. It was with the scouts. Um, we had a, I, I think the allegation was that like we just left some of the scouts to get killed and dragged off. Um, and that is almost certainly true. Uh, Black Scar probably did. <laughs> the reason being that um, the scouts, like like I alluded to earlier, the scouts at this point took high casualties, and that's because they often like operated on their own, maybe as a pair sometimes, and they would and, you know lightly armored daggers, like a pair of daggers or a pair of swords, that kind of thing, and etacaps would just go up, cleave, they'd drop. And then snack on them in the woods. And basically we got uh, there. So some of the scouts came over and had a had a verbal altercation. I've written, I've written down here. Um, and it was at... That was it. It was at the new captain. Sorry, it wasn't at... When I say us, it wasn't Black Sky. It was actually at the new captain. So this was Tiki's older brother. And this was some really good adversarial role play where I got to vehemently defend him. And sort of tell, I feel sorry for these scouts actually because they just lost their friends. But telling them that their friends' deaths was their own fault, and if they stuck as a unit and were more careful, they wouldn't have died. And also, ultimately, when serving in the Empire's military, you do put your life on the line. And 
the tax man came collecting. Very cool argument. My first ever IC argument as well. First ever bit of adversarial roleplay ever that wasn't a, wasn't a sword fight, if you will, at um, Empire. Very cool. Very enjoyable. So, somehow, through um, you know, bolt retrieving shenanigans and standing for general and suddenly being a face that's recognisable in the VAR, um, there's a skirmish going out and Pieface is asked if he wants to lead it, which I found very surprising. Um, it again, proves my earlier point that if you poke even just gently at Empire, it will embrace you back. So I get to lead the skirmish, and it's going to the Black Plateau. Those of you who know the story from Sol and I telling it in some previous episodes, you'll know what's coming next. But oh boy, if you don't remember that, dear listeners, you're in for a treat. So the the Black Plateau is a cursed piece of land, a cursed piece of territory in Uruzen, and it makes anyone within it go go mad, uh, go insane. They'll um, you know, start attacking their friends and foe alike. They'll uh, start having extreme nightmares, and basically because the Imperial armies had been fighting over this with the the Druze and the Grendel for so long. I think it was just Grendel, actually. Um, it had awoken the Black Plateau, so those effects, rather than being local, pretty much became territory-wide. And it really, really got out of control. So we were sent on a skirmish to retrieve a researcher who had been researching the Plateau and escort them back to Anvil. The problem being that a bunch of Grendel had found this researcher and it was a race against time to rescue them. Very cool mission. Um, (laughs) All of that said, the first line I've written here is, oh boy, was this a mess. This was my first ever IC command, so I put a lot of prep into it, but uh, I'm still pretty green at this point. I've been fighting as a grunt for a couple years um, at Anvil, but I've never had any kind of unit leadership and I've never really paid attention to it either. So putting myself into command with people I didn't really know as well. We had some people from Blackscar there, but it was sort of like a 60-40 because um, I, I got to pick the actual troop going through. But at this point, you know, there's only like 15 Blackscar. So, you know, even with all of them, which we didn't have, um, you know, we couldn't fill the whole contingent. So we get a ragtag bunch to go through. I, I don't know anything about balancing out shields and spears and, and bows or, you know, going to certain thornborns to fill out certain tasks, that kind of thing. Whatever. I just go, yep, 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 you're all in. Thank you for the bribes from a couple of you. I, I do remember you. And, uh, yeah, we go on a, we go on this really cool skirmish to the Black Plateau. It is 9pm at night, so it's starting to get real gloomy, real quick. And, on top of that, there's a little bit of rain. And as I confidently walk through the gates with the uh, the company, <laughs> we're, we're stopped, we're pulled aside, and told that um, you're all under a role-playing effect. You can use a hero point to ignore it, or you can execute fallen comrades to regain hero points, sorry, and you can execute fallen comrades 
or well, bleeding out Imperials to regain hero points. The um, the other part of the effect was that um, you know you feel that every every slight is now a huge insult, and that the only way to resolve issues and disagreements is with violence. So it's basically turn on yourselves and rip each other apart, and we all just start smiling and we look at each other. There's a few you know gasps of disbelief and a few like <laughs> oh my kind of responses. And everyone, of course, looks at me because, uh, you know, who is this guy? Who the fuck is Pieface? Why the fuck is he in charge? And people aren't happy with that, especially when um, we had Neve, who's, you know, a, a captain of Black Scar with us leading the Black Scar contingent. But there was a clear underlying feeling that, you know, someone much more experienced should be in charge. And oh boy, was this about to uh, spill over. So um, we all get our lammies go in and it's just starting to increase in intensity in terms of the rain um Pyface tries to you know get people like rallied and into like groups and spread out into the woodlands but everyone just runs off screaming like literally they just scatter they scatter into the woods uh never to be seen again it, it, that is true for some of them actually and uh black skull themselves turn on me in a horseshoe and some of them are actually chomping at the bit. They're frothing. Uh, there's some very angry shouting. I have to use um, use my hero point. Um, the only one I've got left to just sort of like try and calm down and try and persuade them to to keep fighting. And it's a very tense moment where Neve has her knife to my throat, and she is <laughs> giving me my final warning. And if anything is to go wrong, I'm going to be the first one to pay for it. Very cool bit of adversarial roleplay, and only <laughs> only a few hours after the first. So anyway, we go in, and there's just there's latent screaming in the woods. Is all I can say. Um, some of this is pain. Some of this is like you know violent howling, but we can't see anything. As the, as the it's quite a hot day, so there's a bit of like sort of mist and like sort of vapor coming up from all the rain. Um, it's getting a little bit dark as well. Visibility's not great. And it's just at this point, a ref comes over to me and says, Oh, uh, mate, you're, you're crossbow. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just gone past the, the threshold. So let's say your, your string has snapped and you need to use another weapon. Um, and I was like, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Loudly announcing that my bowstring has snapped and switching to my butter knife. So I'm now sat there with a small dagger and the tunic upon my back with a murderous gang of ad hoc mercenaries trying to find one person in this entire woodland whilst being hunted by insane Grendel all whilst trying not to get stabbed in the back. Um, quite, quite a position to be in. So we actually made, I'd say, a good... Um, so a good approach into the woods. Uh, we walked down the central path. Uh, those of you who've been on the site, you'll you'll know this. It, it was a lot more overgrown back in the day, so it's very tight, about three or four people wide. And it is at this point when we come into the glade, where we're we're ambushed. So you know, three Grendel left, three Grendel right. It's not many, but enough to totally panic us, draw us out, and some people charge forwards to engage them because they're in the black plateau. Some people um, hold order. 
And then others start chasing them off into the woods. And these Grendel know what they're doing. They're baiting people back and killing them off in you know, singles or pairs. So I'm you know, frantically yelling, trying to get everyone on side. Um, it's, it's not working. <laughs> Bluntly, it's not working. And then after maybe about uh, what feels like four hours of chaos, but it's probably 30 seconds, um, I think it's a, the name of the NPC was Alary Sweetwater. Um, and they were the, the NPC uh, that we had been sent to rescue. Alary is on the floor being hacked apart by Grendel, about 20 meters to our front. So at this point, Pieface, slash Chris, forgetting that he's in charge, um, just runs off and says, come on, let's go. Pulling, you know, five or six people with me, leaving the others just milling around doing nothing. So we go off in our small little squad. We, we sort of send the, um, <laughs> send the Grendel on their merry way over the, uh, Howling Abyss, grab Alary. Um, there's a letter that we, we get. I think I've still got that in a box, actually. It's some really cool research notes on the, the Black Plateau. And then, uh, a couple of our, uh, of our erstwhile friends, not Matty and Sol at this point, although they were, I think Sol was there on the skirmish. Um, they escort Alary out, and that's it. Like mission accomplished, and it's only taken about five or six minutes. Um, surprisingly quick, and I thought, huh, great. This is um, this is easy. Now we just need to leave, and it's this point I start turning around and realizing that we're basically alone in this woods, and some of the screaming has stopped. And there were new screams beginning as well. So we're all bellowing, trying to rally people, getting them back to us. And in dribs and drabs, some of them do. Also, because we're being so loud, uh, <laughs> the Grendel here that we're trying to rally. And then, of course, they, they start to congregate on us as well. So there's more of them at this point. There's a lot more of them than us. Um, it certainly feels like. <laughs> and uh, they probably finished killing off the scouts. In the, in the bracken, and now they're coming back for us, and this desperate, desperate fight ensues, and uh, I, I sort of stagger back after trying to just ward off people with my butter knife. Turn to Neve. Neve is in tears and goes, "This is all your fault," and stabs me in the belly with her spear. Thanks, Black Plateau. Unfortunately, I'd already been hit at this point, uh, so that was my last hit point, and I just drop to the floor and there's a I, I, I just it's burned it's burned into my retinas the uh, Neve's eyes changing from like RP rage which is, which is great uh, to OC realization that that was a mistake uh, she was only intending just to like you know wound me or disprove a point but of course didn't take into account I was uh, on my last one so I drop and start bleeding out and then shit hit the fan the the skies open. The rain thunders down. Visibility drops to about 15 metres and one of the, the physics patches me up and in the 20 or 30 seconds that took everything has gone wrong. Uh, we're in full route. We are running for our lives. Uh, Aaron, one of my roommate Aaron, his character, I think Damon at this point, is just lying there in, the, in further back in the glade just unmoving. He, he's dead he's gone. And there's a single beam of light illuminating his body and the rest is gloom. And it was the most perfect image. It was like something out of a D&D source book. Um, lying there with a shield on his chest, hands 
limp and eyes shut. Tadpole is crawling towards me, repair Grendel tickling him. And by tickling, I mean using machetes to hack off his legs. And he is wailing and reaching for us, begging to be rescued. Um, we're all panicking. And at this point in history, I don't think Black Scar had a, had a cheese it call. But this was certainly the time for it. So uh, we just we just start to run. Uh, somehow, I think, because some of the other elements that we had scattered at the start of the skirmish, they came back and actually rescued Tadpole. Um, we fought a little bit of a fighting retreat, but to call it organized would be, would be wrong. It was, it was individual warriors fighting individual battles, all trying to survive the onslaught. And as we get out the gate, we've lost quite a lot of people. I think of the, it was, uh, it wasn't very many of us that went in actually. I might have been wrong at the, um, at the start. It was about, I think 15 in total, 15 people went on. And about eight of them were, were Black Scar. And the rest were sort of, um, you know, Navarre or Scouts, that, that kind of thing. I think it was an entirely Navarre skirmish. But, um, they, they were dead. We had five, six dead on that skirmish. Like some really, you know, percentage wise, some really worrying <laughs> stats. Um, and most of them were Scouts. Again, the only thing worse than the Imperial budget is the Scout casualty rate. We we get out the gate and at this point, you know, we go from RP to going, oh my god, that was amazing. And everyone's like, wow, that was absolutely wild. Smiles all round. Really, really cool battle. Absolute clusterfuck, but it was cool. It wasn't, uh, you know, getting steamrolled by a Yoji shield wall and, oh, that's it, that's it, you're dead. It was a very thematic running battle and it felt very dramatic. But the drama was not over yet, as we get pushed out the Sentinel Gate on the other side. We are given a Lamy. Um, we are now cursed from the visiting Black Plateau. It's not just a role-playing effect anymore. Uh, we have a full-on curse on us. And we have no idea how to fix it. But we don't care. Because the role-play effect is rage, rage, fucking rage. I, I paraphrase, of course. And as we stagger out into this deluge, this torrential downpour, the rest of Black Scar circle Pie Face. And some of the best, <laughs> even better than the chaos, literally a minute ago, um, even better than that chaos was this muddy, shrieking fist fight that kicked off as every single member did the whole me seeks pointing at each other thing or Spider Man meme. And then they just laid into each other. Um, I remember taking a knife to the guts. Uh, someone was using a warhammer. It just went clatter into somebody else. And this brawl kicks off. And uh, this is back before, um, I think, sort of brawl. Um, it's like hand-to-hand -hand brawling. Like, you know, make, you know, make pretend fighting. I think that's banned now in Anvil. I don't think there's rules in it in there anymore for it. Or you have to get a ref and it has to be carefully controlled, like in the Orc fighting pit. But back then it was, you know, it was roleplay. You know, just follow the rules and don't hurt anybody. So, um, <laughs> people are like shield slamming, you know, pretending like, you know, slap someone with a shield or they're like, you know, sort of having the, the knife like above the chest, like in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, the hospital, of course, empties itself of physics as they come and try and understand what's going on. Um, 
I think Ross, who is a legend within Black Scar, unfortunately no longer attends Anvil, uh, Ross <laughs> turns around and just impales one of the physics just on the spot with a, uh, with a great sword and just cuts him in half. And then that's the moment the, the tension snaps. So the highborn come over and they start laying into us as well. The physics are running off. Um, some of our gang have slipped through the net and they escape into Anvil. More on that later. Uh, but we're all over the course of a genu- no, five to ten minute running battle in Anvil in the rain. We're eventually apprehended and um, they start trying to, to cure us of this curse. Long story short, there is no cure. Um, the, the cure in the Lammy, well, the, the, well, there wasn't one. There was just, uh, you can treat this with X, but there's no removing it. And we had like the high exorcist coming over and the like, we all got, you know, sort of uh, shackled and put into a, a tent in Urizen and they spent a while trying to calm us down. I think I actually had some really cool roleplay with a Merrow around the Urizen hearth magic and trying to trying to fix this, trying to calm us down, and it, and it calmed us down in terms of roleplay, but it did not remove the curse. At least, not for those in the tent. For you see, a couple of erstwhile friends, who I believe were Matty and Sol, had managed to escape the net of highborn cataphracts. And they were now at large in Anvil. They had gone back to camp, told the rest of Blackscar what had happened, and in the meantime, I'd been cured, in air quotes, and sent on my merry way home. And as Songs and Stories is uh, in full swing, I am accosted by a gang of Blackscar mercs, and they cut... Pie face down in the woods. Uh, they go, Oi, pie face, fuck you, and start stabbing him in a frenzy that leaves him on the floor and bleeding out. Songs and Stories comes to a skidding halt. I know we've, we've broken the uh, the sacred rule of Songs and Stories. Don't interrupt it. But uh, we, had, we had done that. Now they come over. Uh, this is when Kyartan was alive, so Kyartan sort of wades in. Uh, blade in hand trying to calm things down <laughs> to which the response of the cursed was bring it Kiartan goes okay and proceeds to start cutting off legs <laughs> so there's all these legless um, you know incapacitated Black Scar and myself around there's a few random citizens who've been caught up in the violence some pe- I think honestly some people just started stabbing each other because they could um, you know this is about 50 person brawl this ends a few minutes later, and then the physics come in, and the mage just starts sort of paralysing people just to just to slow it down. And uh, what's even better is uh, myself and my mate called Nick uh, was we we're both cursed, we we're both down, and we're trying to be physics. Ne- we're trying to be tended to by the physics next to us. And as soon as we're, you know we're back up to one HP, the knives that we're still armed with, we just go straight for the physics again. So those two go down. They drop in the mud and everyone turns, shock Pikachu face of uh, what the hell has just happened. Then me and Nick are rolling around in the mud with knives again. The two physics are like, you know, slashed throats and stabbed kidneys. Sort of, you know, more physics run to the scene to try and stabilise things. And of course, at this point, the militia show up after the crimes have been committed. Uh, I, I say that, that's a bit unfair. The militia can't preempt crime, but 
they 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 were slow to respond because this is about 10 15 minutes in at this point but anyway um nick and i get hauled off to the hub where we spend uh, i no word of a lie dear citizens uh, we spend 30 minutes with an orc sat on both of our respective backs because when they tried to restrain us we just broke out and then when we were lying on the floor holding our limbs we would worm towards them well towards each other spitting and <laughs> well i say spitting we were sort of biting um tufts of grass out and spitting them at each other or we had um you know just worm towards each other and try and grab each other to uh, sink a knife into each other's hearts very very fun orcs were literally just sat on us I'm saying all of this now, and I'm like, would this fly in 2023 Empire? It probably wouldn't go as extreme, I, I don't think. Uh, it, at least this section in the hub. But uh, back then, oh, great role play. Of course, everyone's you know consenting to this. It's me and Nick trying to get at each other, and we're both you know relatively strong people. So having four or five Imperial Orcs just sat on us wasn't actually painful in any way. We were you know, absolutely fine physically. But just trying to wiggle towards each other, or went, or pretending to be calm, and then slowly shifting our weight and getting towards each other, then bolting like a pair of cats fighting. This this scene took like an hour and a half before we were cleared of any crimes. Despite during our absolute sham trials, actively assaulting each other, we were found not guilty of assault uh, because we were cursed, and we were basically taken to the uh, I think the War Mage. Or someone senior from Conclave, where they basically cast a different spell on us and had a very strong RP effect of chilling us the fuck out. So that worked. But we were still cursed. But it's late at night at this point, and, um, well, it's uh, time for drinking in bed and going a bit OC and talking about just how fucking cool that whole thing was. That ends Saturday, and Sunday is very brief, dear citizens, because what happens is, whilst the Black Plateau skirmish was on Saturday, the Sunday battle, of which we are Imperials, is also in a Black Plateau. And for the first time ever, uh, I experienced an Empire battle that doesn't have Orcs as the opponent. It was actually in other Imperials, and because it was so fucking hot, I think... Um, you know, th this was a real blessing because having orc masks on in the heat is is a nightmare. And um, what we got to fight instead was insane imperial soldiers. So it was literally just you know the marchers and wintermark coming at us, and they had sort of black crosses on their foreheads sometimes to make it clearer. But most of the time they would just giggle, insanely, and run at us in hordes, uh, very you know sort of Walking Dead or Twenty Eight Days Later, um, or even The Last of Us kind of style. Um, or you know World War Z, whatever you want to think of that horde mentality. And I remember a soldier that looks surprisingly like White Cap jumping over a log, landing, going, <laughs> and starting to just wildly flail with a falchion and sort of pushing some Navar back before a bunch of others sort of staggered over the log and then just rushed us. And you know they they died, they died in their droves, but they kept coming back and coming back. I think the Imperials took a lot of casualties that day, not only because we're killing our own troops, but also for the um, the heroes taking the field as as their heroes, as their Anvil characters, um, purely because the, the monsters were so aggressive. They were they, they they just came at us in hordes and hordes and hordes, and it was just the amount of unsettling sprinting. There was no unit cohesion, but it was just the fast ones hit you first, then the mediums, 
and then like a block or a blob of people would show up at the end and mop us up and it was really rough and it was this exact roughness that led to the the felling of uh, of pieface uh, he was sort of, he ran behind a line of the insane imperials the the enemy got a couple of them down and then because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time the imperials thought he was also insane cut him down and then executed him and thus uh, the life of pieface was snuffed out in a mere weekend but honestly as as this episode rolls on to 48 minutes and 24 seconds now um absolutely loved it highest highs lowest lows uh pure unrelenting drama for 48 hours on the field of anvil so those are my hots and also i would say a little story but it's actually a massive story but let's talk about the um the knots uh, the first one is dying and that's why i didn't cover the knots at the start um it did suck to die as the character I was suddenly getting really into. Like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got um, command and failure, and you're, it's kind of incompetent. Now I've got like a long term curse. Oh, by the way, every single Imperial on the field had the same curse on them for that day. So it, it was just a, you know, imagine our little rain skirmish. Multiply that by 100. But um, dying was crap because it was like an Imperial doing it. And I have no idea who this person was, but it wasn't the, uh, let's say, it wasn't the most role-play intensive execution. It was it was a battlefield execution, and I can understand from their point of view, um, they're a, you know, they're an imperial. Just put the monster down and move on. But I was screaming, <laughs> yeah, you know, to be fair, actually thinking about it, I can totally understand why they did it because I was screaming, "Don't kill me! I'm imperial! I'm imperial! I swear! Please don't kill me!" <laughs> then they, uh, of course, a monster would say that under the um, the curse of the Black Plateau. So you know what, fair play to them. But either way, it was a, a very sharp and sudden end to a character I was becoming rapidly attached to. Um, I also forgot that I had Relentless as a skill. First time I'd taken it, um, I actually could have just got up and ro- walked off rather than lying there waiting to die. Um, very sad. Uh, I also got a bit wet uh, because, like, rolling around on the ground and stuff on the Saturday and, and the Sunday as well. It was hot, but there was lots of rain overnight, so it got very sludgy, and no one likes wet kit. And the final thing is I just bought a really cool little potion pouch, and during the what can only be described as a 45-minute scrum in the hub on Saturday night, uh, that was lost, and I have not found it since to this day so um rest in peace potion pouch rest in peace that brings me to the end of this episode and the story around e3 2018 I, I do hope you enjoyed it and if you go to the death page on the empire lark wiki i'm actually just gonna search it now because i think it's maybe about three images down uh, you can see Pyface for yourself, uh, because I think, I'm pretty sure it's Beth Duna, but um, let me have a look. Oh, it's, it's under the dying page. There we go, combat section dying. 
Yeah, there he is. Um, yeah, he's the image directly to the right of the dying section on the combat page of the wiki. Uh, he's got a dagger in his neck and an arrow in his belly uh, because as the as the monsters walk past me, they just started sticking weapons in me. So that is Noble Pieface, uh, dead, dying, and uh, gone from this world. So there you have it, citizens. There you have it. A little blast from the past. Hopefully this will keep you uh, partially satiated uh, until we finally get round to E4. We're, we're going to release that. And when I say E4, I mean E4 of 2023. <laughs> uh, we are going to release that just before E1 of 2024. Just to get people back in the mood and get us back in the mood. And the, the juices flowing for, um, well, effectively for um, getting us hyped for LARP again. Uh, I am going to be at Watch a Game this weekend, so if you do you know, attend and see me, say hi. I'm always happy to talk to people. And finally, a, a big thank you to everyone who continues to listen to this. Um, it's it's gotten kind of big. Well, I say kind of big, like relatively big now. Um, you know, there are some podcasts, like the BBC podcast, for example, with fewer listeners and fewer total listens than this. Um, which is surprising, considering this was literally done as a totally amateur project. It will remain an amateur project, and it will never, ever, ever become serious. Um, I have had actually, I've had a couple of like random companies, like audio producers, that kind of well, sorry, audio um, hardware producers, reach out for sponsorships and stuff. Um, I don't think we're going to do that ever because I can't seriously represent any. I don't think anyone should seriously let me represent their brand when I'm sat here talking about fist fighting in the mud with an orc on my back or, um, you know, genuinely shit talking about scouts, which seems to be one of the themes for this, uh, for this episode. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of listeners now in America, Canada, uh, a handful in Japan as well. I think, again, I think I know who you are. Uh, thank you for listening. It's good to see you earlier this year. And, of course, you know, all of you in the UK who are local to this, if you want to come to Empire and try it out, there's a discount code in the um, sort of like channel description uh, for, for the Shatsong LARP Diaries. Please feel free to use it. You get a discount on turning up. It's like 15 quid. And quite frankly, LARP is a hobby that changed my life very much for the better. And hopefully it can do the same for you too. But until then, dear citizens, whether you find yourself tucked up in a cosy home or adventuring the trods in the cold, cold winter ahead of us, enjoy yourselves and remember to be ever vigilant. <laughs>